Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network. Great to be here. My name is Anne DeSantis, and I have a very awesome guest this evening for you. I have Sister Nancy Usselman. She is the director at St. Paul Center of Media Studies. She's located out in California. And if you want to learn more about what she does, you would go to Pound Media Nuns and learn more. So, Sister, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. It's wonderful to be with you. It is wonderful to be here again because Nancy was also a guest on a podcast that I'm involved with called Sewing Hope Podcast with my co-host, Bill Snyder. And Bill is also a very good friend of Fiat Ministry Network because those two uh, broadcasting companies work together very closely. That's Patchwork Heart and Fiat Ministry Network. So uh, we will probably review some of the things that we talked about during the podcast. Mm -hmm. But of course, we are here on Facebook and on YouTube and even on a podcast too, because this is being made into a podcast on YouTube and some other places. So uh, media is right up your alley. I mean, that is exactly what, what you're interested in and, and what you do because you are a media nun, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely, that's what we're about. <laughs> a daughter of St. Paul. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could start out with, Sister, if you wouldn't mind just telling us about your own journey of faith and, and how you became a daughter of St. Paul. Sure, Anne. Well, as a, a media nun, a daughter of St. Paul, uh, I all my life as a kid, I was just very like enthralled with movies, music, television. I just loved all media. I, I was just a fan. And and so in between sports and everything, I'm sure I, I you know, consumed lots of media. <laughs> but, um, and I knew many different religious orders, but I really wasn't interested in, in following a religious, uh, you know, vocation. Um, my family, I'm from St. Louis. My family was is very faithful, uh, very... Uh, you know, very religious. We pray the rosary every night together as a family, but when we knew def many different religious orders, I mean, I was taught by the apostles of the Sacred Heart in high school. Uh, we knew the Carmelites, we knew the uh, missionaries of charity, the, the, the Benedictines, I mean, you name it, we probably knew it. Uh, so, you know, it, it's been part of my life. It's part of been about my history of knowing religious sisters and religious communities. But um, I never really considered that as something for myself. Uh, I, you know, I admired them tremendously. So um, it was at a time in my teens, you know, later teens, that a cousin of mine, she was going driving downtown St. Louis and ran into this and saw that there was a Catholic bookstore. So she went in and she noticed that it was run by sisters. 
And uh, and what struck her the most is that, oh, these sisters, they work in India. <laughs> so, and of course, she was, she was actually interested in religious life. So they asked her, Did, would you want to become a sister? And she said, yes. So they invited her to a retreat date. And she said, great. Well, can I bring my cousins too? And there were about five or six of us. They're all around the same age, you know? And so, you know, we're like, gee, thanks, Nicole. Now we have to go because you said we were going to come. So mm -hmm. we all go. And... Um, and like I said, I knew many religious and they were involved in either teaching or hospital ministry, working with the poor, all different areas. Um, but what struck me the most, as soon as I walked into uh, the Daughters of St. Paul Book and Media Center, as I walked in and I saw the sisters work with film, radio, television, books, all the forms of media, I was like, hmm, okay, and they speak about Jesus? This is a possibility. <laughs> Good mixture. <laughs> exactly. Well, especially because I've been a lover of media, I, I just thought that was such a great, um, innovative way of preaching the gospel. At that time, you know, it still was kind of new in the church. You know, there, there were many publishers, but other areas and other fields of ministry weren't really that developed. And so um, it was new. It was very cool. It was very um, current. And, um, but I thought, oh, that's nice for them, but it really wasn't for me. <laughs> but the sisters would invite me to these days, or, you know, these retreat days, and then they gave me a card. And it was a card to Mary, Queen of Apostles, and in which it said to pray uh, that Mary, that I may know my vocation in life. And I would pray that every day, but I would add that I may know my vocation, but that it's not a nun. <laughs> I, yeah, oh. I really, I'm not kidding. I actually oh. said that and I, I prayed it that way. I added my own little clause. <laughs> yeah. Got so other you, plans. <laughs> exactly. So when you tell God what not to do, he, wait, he just might do it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I love that. So, I mean, it just um, to show how in the end you were, your ears were open though. Yeah, well, I was praying and then God, you know, and after a couple years worth, I mean, it took a couple years and the sister's persistence and praying myself mm -hmm. to know where God was leading me, um, I entered the community and to the probably the surprise of my whole family, I actually stayed and I remained and 35 years later, here I am. <laughs> oh, wow. You'd never guess 35 years, sister. Yeah. Honestly, you look so young. <laughs> well, I can't either. I can't believe it sometimes. <laughs> Feels wow. like it's flown by, you know. <laughs> and what about your cousin? I know you told uh, yeah. us on the other show what happened with your cousin. So we entered the community together, but uh, you know, and she was the one who was always considering religious life. But we entered the community together, and after three months, she decided it wasn't for her. And I, to the surprise of my family, like I said, I stayed. She left. She got yeah. married and has eight kids. <laughs> has eight kids. <laughs> And maybe they're watching. <laughs> so, hello, hello. Yeah, so oh, what I mean, a great story. Marvels of God, because I don't think I would have entered if she didn't. Like, she was really my incentive. Um, because obviously, I was praying and God was leading me in that direction, but she was kind of like the impetus to get me to go. Otherwise, I don't know if I would have. I'm not sure if I would have. Uh, and, and, you know, and to my own surprise, uh, I, I connected right away. I felt, I felt I belonged. 
And yes, you discern over time when you enter, you enter as a postulant. So you got lots of discerning time. I mean, it took 10 years for me to make my final vows. So I had lots of time to really discern this, but the more I connected, I couldn't, the charism of the Paulines is a, a it's a Pauline spirituality, first of all, and it, but it's a media spirituality. It's a spirituality where we pray the media, not only pray with the media or use the media, but we pray the media. We, we uh, are intimately connected with a media culture, not to, to examine what does the culture say and talk about, but so that we can dialogue with it and present the message of Christ in a way that's understood today, in a way that people can understand it uh, within a popular media culture. So that connected for me, being a lover of movies, music, books, and, and television, I, you know, that, that works. You know, I, I found it. I found that connecting point in my life, and it is with the charism of the Paulines. Uh, and that's, that's with every vocation. You have to find that you belong, that this is who you are. Essentially, I am a daughter of St. Paul. That's part of my very being. Um, just as anyone else could say, you know, they are a married person, that they are a mother or they are a father or they, you know, they are what, whatever vocation you find yourself in, that, that you feel called to that uh, is your very being, is part of who you are as, an, uh, as a being, as, as, a, as a person, as a human being. So, um, yeah, so I felt so connected to it, and I felt right connected to the spirituality, the prayer, the the joy of the sisters, the community life, besides the the mission. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a natural fit. <laughs> well, you can tell. I mean, the joy in your smile, and you have such a great social media presence too. I have to say, that's how I became aware of you and your ministry is just through Facebook and watching your Facebook live. Oh, so I would encourage, yeah, I would encourage those uh, watching and listening to check out her social media presence at Sister Nancy Usselman. And I know you said there's two S's, two N's, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> two S's, two N's. And this is, as I said, it's also on podcast too. We're on Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube and also another uh, app called Podbean and also TuneIn Radio. So uh, I invite all of you to please go and uh, listen and watch Sister Nancy Usselman. Now, Sister, you're also an author. Mm -hmm. And I know that last time we talked on the podcast, you talked to us about your writing. I wondered if you can share with us your latest piece and just tell us more about what you do with your writing. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I, I write a lot. Um, I, I blog about pop culture and theology on our website at themediamindful.org. We also do a lot of film reviews, and I'm not the only one. I we there's a group of uh, sisters that are involved in this ministry, this aspect of our ministry, uh, which is media literacy education uh, and working in uh, teaching and promoting media mindfulness. So, uh, and we do a lot of film reviews. So we talk about current films. You know, obviously Hollywood hasn't done a lot of current films right now, but anything yeah. that's coming out, we've been talking about and you know, pretty much sharing and putting it out there. Um, we also give a, a spirituality, like I said, the a media spirituality, helping people to pray with the media, pray the media, um, using like the form of cinema divina. So I write a lot of that. I also write for a lot of other Catholic outlets and magazines and 
um, blogs and catholicmom.com. I write regular film reviews for there. Um, but I also write, have an author of a book, and uh, my book is called A Sacred Look, Becoming Cultural Mystics. Mm. It's, it's a theology of pop culture. And for me, uh, I think I've always struggled with this idea of like, Media literacy, you know, is about teaching how do we read the messages that come from the media? How do we critically engage with the culture? But we also have to bring our faith experience into it, right? We, we're bringing who we are as Catholics into this experience of the culture. Well, what's that theological foundation for make, wanting us to do that or, or assisting us in doing that? And what I discovered in my research and in my study and in my prayer was that the call to be an everyday mystic, as um, the theologian Karl Rahner would say, he said, we're all called to be mystics every, wherever we find ourselves. And I said to my, I was just pre praying over this and reflecting on it, but where do we find ourselves today in, in a popular media culture environment? Well, that's where we find ourselves right there. It is. That's in the messages. That's in the stories of the culture, which is in movies, you know, television shows, music, pop music, social media, internet, all of it, video games. We're looking at a popular media culture and seeing what are the issues of humanity? What are the struggles of humanity? What are the the deepest yearnings of the human person and how are they communicated? And when you look at those existential desires, every human being has that desire for communion, for connection, for um, having purpose and meaning in life, right? Uh, all of these, the, the desire for reconciliation, for transformation, for redemption, right? And we can see these in the stories of the culture. That's our starting point for preaching the gospel. Now we can't go, go to the culture and say, here's Jesus and talk Jesus and put it on top of the culture. Well, nobody's going to listen, especially those who don't have faith or those who do not believe. Yes. But they will talk about what they do know, which is the stories of the culture. Talk about a latest film or a latest streaming series, you know, and we can talk about it from that point and say, what is the deepest yearning? And then you're slowly drawing people into a conversation with the gospel. You know, you think about it. Think about St. Paul in Athens. Remember in Acts of the Apostles. St. Paul goes to Greece. He wants to go to Athens. And he wants to, to be present in the center of learning of the ancient world. That was the center of intellectualism and, and, and of of thought and then learning and academia, really, uh, even though they didn't call it that then. <laughs> it's really the philosophical core, you know, the place where people taught philosophy. And that was at the Areopagus in Athens. And what does St. Paul do? He's like, I want to come. I want to come preach the gospel. I want to go talk to these people who do not know Jesus, but I want to talk to them about Jesus. So he goes there and he walks around the Areopagus. Think about this. And he sees all these different altars to gods, to the gods that they worship. And then he discovers an altar to an unknown god. He's like, huh, that's it. That's where I start. Oh. <laughs> so think about as the Areopagus, almost as our, our, our field of 
popular media culture right now, the art of the culture. Think about it. So St. Paul goes in, he sees the unknown God, the altar to the unknown God. And you know what he does? He starts about, he's like, let me tell you a little bit about this. And he starts with the history of the world, you know, the history of humanity. And he even quotes, this is how St. Paul knows, he knows that there are a lot of, uh, he knows their, their culture because he starts quoting their poets and their authors. And he says, see these references? That's leading them to understanding who Jesus is. Now, many, many theologians and perhaps even many biblical scholars would say, well, yeah, but St. Paul kind of failed in that mission. He didn't really get a lot of, of, of followers. And I would, I would beg to differ about that. I said, it's never going to be easy to go into a culture that's set in its ways to that's try right. to transform the Jesus right away. Mm -hmm. However, you planted the seed. Yes. And that's our call, I think, as Catholic media apostles, is to plant the seeds in a popular media culture, just like St. Paul, you know, and he did have some followers. They, at the end of that little passage says, well, there were a few and they, he names them, you know. Um, and I think that's our call today. And that's what we do from, a, a, you know, the Pauline Center for Media Studies is we help people to integrate and understand their faith within a popular media culture so that we can plant the seeds of the gospel. So we don't know where it's going to fall. And we hope, we hope, it will bear much fruit. But you know what? That's the anonymity of being a media apostle. We don't always see the fruit of it, but that's okay because we'll see it in heaven. God will reveal that to us. That's right. I love how you just described that. I mean, you, you really had me thinking and I never thought about it that way, as you said, that maybe on that particular mission, he only got a few, but in my head, I'm kind of thinking, you know, one person can make a huge difference. Look at Jesus. Exactly. Look at the Blessed Mother. Look at the saints, right? Look at, look at the saints and how one saint can make a difference. Boy, so uh, it, it, this is great talk here. And, uh, and again, I would just want to invite people who are watching or listening to go and check out your website at bemediamindful.org. There's a lot of good information there. Uh, sister, how about on social media? Where can they connect with you or with the religious order? Well, the Daughters of St. Paul were known on social media as hashtag media nuns. Mm -hmm. So you check that out. You'll find us all over Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, everything. TikTok, <laughs> everything. oh. Yeah, not me. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But I do think I saw a TikTok video for the media yeah. nuns. I do. I think I saw one. It was but there's a lot. I mean, it, it just said there's so many. But besides Daughters of St. Paul, uh, you can look, look up the in our all our social media daughters of saint paul or pauline books and media which is our aspect of ministry pauline center for media studies um but you can also look up and when you check hashtag media and as you find all these individual sisters part of the daughters of saint paul also sharing continuously about our mission and who we are and what we do and just bringing out a little hope and a little joy into people's life um, you know, by sharing the message, by sharing the good news, by, um, yeah, making, making God's word relevant and connected and real for people today. And you do that so well, not only you, I'm sure, but the other sisters too. And I, I just have one other question before we take a little break is that uh, your, your social media presence is just uh, very, very good. 
And I wondered for you, how do you prepare? Because uh, you always seem to be uh, so engaging and uh, and interesting. So I, you know, you have uh, great topics, and I know it's always having to do with something to do with media. But I wondered how do you come up? How do you prepare yourself for that? Like when you when you decide you're going to go on and do those Facebook Live kind of little uh, videos there. Is there any type of preparation or a prayer that you do to, to get yourself prepared? Well, I pray every day. Yes, <laughs> every that's right. day before the Blessed Sacrament. I mean, we make an hour of adoration before the Eucharist every day. And literally, our founder, Blessed James Alberione, um, he's known as the Media Apostle. And you can go on mediaapostle.com and find stuff about him. I will. Uh, he, he really gave us this mission of preaching the gospel, but he would say, it starts at the tabernacle. When you go before Jesus in the blessed sacrament, before the blessed sacrament and the word of God, you take the two, it's the Bible and the gospel are the two, the, the, I mean, sorry, the, the Bible and the Eucharist are the two hands of a media apostle. So you go before Jesus and with the gospel and uh, with the Bible and before the Eucharist, and that's where we hear the message of Christ. We listen attentively to what the Lord is asking of us. But we also bring to the Lord all the needs of the world and the needs of the media world. The needs of the, those who work in media. Those We pray for everyone who works in media, secular and sacred, all of it. Thank you. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> um, and I think, and then that's, that's where the Lord directs us to how to communicate, you know, and so honestly, you say prepare. Yeah, there are many things I prepare. I prepare for a lot of talks. I give a lot of uh, webinars and speeches, and, and I give a lot of talks. But right now, during this COVID time, I haven't gone anywhere. Usually, I'm traveling constantly. But um, you know, we give a lot of talks, a lot of parish missions on faith and media. How do we integrate that in our lives in a, in a parish community? Um, but so much, especially on on social media because we're sharing who we are but so we're sharing also our vocation we're sharing our life as religious sisters we're sharing our life in community so i'll post things about you know birthday party with the sisters or you know the sister the sister is having a birthday party so we share that um whatever it is I, a lot of it's just spontaneous because it's who we are um and honestly I think I used to have to prepare a lot for things, but now I've been doing it so much, I just get on and I talk. <laughs> because I don't have a lot of time to prepare because I, I, I'm doing so many things at one time, you know? So, but I have a lot to say. I think the Lord has put in my heart many things to communicate about living our faith now in a digital environment, in, in a digital experience, and in a media culture that sometimes can feel is opposing to our, our gospel understanding. Yet I want to say, but don't diss it completely. Let's, com let's dialogue with it. Let's talk about it. And that's what I'd say in my book, uh, because we need to understand the culture in order to communicate to it, in order to dialogue with it, in order to be evangelizers of a media culture today. We have to understand it. And you know, we can be preaching to the choir. We can be preaching to Catholics who already go to church, you know, uh, who already pray really uh, faithfully. But is that who we're only called to reach? Are we called to reach those who have no faith? Those 
who are living a very secular environment, those who are, who are maybe searching for something but don't know what. Um, honestly, that's where I feel called. I feel called to reach those people. And if I can do that within uh, the uh, Hollywood experience and in the Hollywood environment, then so be it. God will put me there where he wants me. And I've had so many interesting experiences. So I got to say, you know, God puts me where he wants me. <laughs> with the, and, let's, and the Holy Spirit speaks through me. So you never know uh, where, where you find yourselves. And honestly, I just take it for the moment that it is and, and just appreciate the moment that God provides. Oh, I was just thinking right when you said the Holy Spirit, I thought, wow, that that's really what it is. It's the Holy Spirit working through you. And even though you don't sit for a long, long time and prepare that you've done it for so long and you spend so much time in prayer that God just gives you the words. So, mm -hmm. so beautiful. Well, I, I mean, I do teach a lot of classes on media mindfulness and uh, a theology of pop culture and philosophies of the media. Uh, so we do teach a lot of classes and courses. We're doing some online coming up actually in a few weeks, uh, a fully online certification course in media literacy and faith formation. So I teach, we teach a lot to catechists and teachers and ministers of how they can do this and teach this to the, our young because it's really giving them discernment skills. That's really what it is. It's about discernment skills within a digital environment, within a, a media experience. And we need that. That's it's, it's actually a no-brainer. It's a, an absolute. And the church says it's absolute and needed in our faith formation programs to be able to integrate a media literacy education. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen all the time or very little, but we're we're going to make that more of a norm. <laughs> you so. are. I, that certification I am interested in. So I'm going to have to reach out to you. So if someone is watching or listening on the podcast, where would they go to find out about this certification? You can go right on our bemediamindful.org okay. website. And uh, under events, there is um, the advanced certification course in media literacy and faith formation. Uh, usually we do it in person in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, this year, everything has changed. So <laughs> we've totally moved it online now. So if you actually go to the top... Uh, if you're on the right website and you go up to the top and it's there's events, yes, go to events uh, and you'll click on advanced course in media literacy. Yeah, they're doing it right there for you. That's right. Uh, you can see this. There it is. Advanced certification in media literacy. It's certified by the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and many other dioceses. Uh, it's certified for teachers and catechists and, and ministers. So um, you can get, you know, uh, points for doing this. <laughs> it's a full it's a full week's course, so it, it's intensive, but it is it's engaging, it's fun. We we talk about all areas of media, not only uh, social media, not only film. We talk about, you know, uh, we talk about music, pop music, we talk about uh, the morality in the media, we talk about Catholic social teaching in the media. Um, and we talk about virtue ethics in social media. Uh, we, but most importantly, we talk about that, that media literacy um, pedagogy, really, and the, and the media mindfulness, the, that whole methodology for integrating our faith with our media experience. So it's, it's a really great course. Anybody who works in any area of faith formation 
this will be tremendously helpful for you because as we know, right, you're teaching youth today or anybody actually, not even adults, and you bring in an element of pop culture. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, Taylor Swift's newest film, uh, newest song or Lady Gaga is coming out with a whole new album. Uh, fabulous. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of deep reflection in there. You talk about that and bring that into your conversation and have them evaluate it, have them look at it from a, a, a values perspective. I tell you, they won't look at media again in the same way. Mm, love it. Wow. We have so much <laughs> to talk about. This is great. Well, now we do have to take a break. So we will be back in just a few minutes here on Journeys in Faith with Sister Nancy Usselman. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Welcome back to Journeys in Faith with my wonderful guest, Sister Nancy Usselman. She is the director at the Pauline Center for Media Studies. And on the first half of the show, Sister talked a lot about what she does, and also the importance of media and how we can be kind of everyday mystics when it comes to uh, media and being able to understand the culture and the yearning for faith. So uh, I wondered if you had any more words about that whole idea of being a mystic, because for some people, maybe they don't understand what that means exactly. Uh, sure, and yes, as I wrote, I wrote a book, so it's about becoming cultural mystics. And as I said, it's about an everyday mysticism. Well, where do we find ourselves within a popular media culture, a media environment? Uh, but what does it mean to be a mystic? You know, someone say, I, I tell people, whenever I get talks about this, and I give a lot of parish missions and talks about this, and I say, you're called to be a mystic. And everyone's like, what? Are you, who are you looking at? Literally <laughs> turn around, they're like, what? I say, yes, you, you're called to be a mystic. And, and they're, they're flabbergasted because they're thinking, you know, only those mystics of the church who are the extraordinary, who have extraordinary gifts, like uh, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, St. John Paul II, uh, you know, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, all those, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, all those great mystics of the church. But I say, no, we're all called to live a transforming experience of the divine. And that's, that's what it means to be a mystic, is that we not only have an experience of the divine, a, a spiritual experience, 
but that that experience with God that we may have in prayer or we may have in uh, watching a film. I've had a very profound spiritual experience watching a film um, or in, in any kind of encountering some friend or a family member or whatever, or a stranger. Uh, that experience of the divine has to transform us. In other words, we're no longer the same as a result of it. And that's, that's a sense of mysticism. And, it, and it's entering into that type of an experience of God that changes us, that slowly we become more Christ-like. It's like letting go of our ego, which is the whole spiritual journey, right? We're trying to let go of who we are so that we can become more Christ-like. Just like St. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's what he says to the letter to the Galatians in two, uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 20. If you check it, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's really the call of a mystic. And when we find ourselves to be mystics of the culture today, it means how do we examine those, those needs? How do we help people come to a, a more profound experience of God? It's about finding grace everywhere, find, finding grace in the tangible, God's presence in the tangible and the concrete. And that's very Catholic because we're very sacramental people. We have a sacramental imagination. We find God in the tangible and concrete experiences of life and in the world. Um, anybody who's gone, like walked through a beautiful uh, grove of redwood trees. I mean, you do that in Northern California, whoo, you mm. can't but help but think of the divine. I mean, it's just astounding, right? So we, we sense the presence of God. We, we, we ha uh, have a graced experience. Um, we can do that also with the, the art of the culture, such as, as a, a film or a television series, or um, I don't know if anybody has seen the film, A Hidden Life. It's a, it's a film about uh, Franz Jagerstadter, who was a conscientious objector during World War II. Uh, he did not want to take up arms. He did not want to, um, you know, he, he believed that Hitler was evil and he did not want to be drafted into the army. And yet at the same time, he knew by him doing that and choosing that, that would be persecution for himself as well as his family. But the love of him and his wife was so profound that they were one in their decision, no matter what the circumstances were. And, and he's a martyr of the church, really. Uh, it, it's just a beautiful story. But, you know, you can't do that without the great art of filmmaking. Uh, you can't bring that story so present and so real. Um, I mean, there's so many great stories. Look at A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood about Mr. Rogers. Fred oh, Wilson. that was awesome. I you saw it. Story. Yeah. And yet it wasn't even about him. It was about mm -hmm. another guy's journey, another mm -hmm. man's journey to, to reconciliation and how we're yearning for that as human beings. It doesn't speak about God, but it speaks about that yearning for reconciliation, that yearning for redemption. Uh, that comes out in so many films and so many stories. Uh, look at the film Just Mercy, very appropriate for this time in our history, in our culture, in our society right now, about recognizing the dignity of every human being, no matter what Amen. race or creed. And Just Mercy, a beautiful story of an African-American lawyer who is graduate from Harvard University and goes to... Uh, goes to the South, goes to Arkansas to, and, and tries to help 
um, inmates who are on, de on death row and really examine their cases and discovers how many of them were, were, were not true. They did not commit, they actually proved that they were innocent. And yet they've been on death row for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it's just heartbreaking and heartrending. Uh, but I think it helps us to see, you know, like it opened up my eyes to us, this, the injustices in society, the injustices in our justice system, which is supposed to find justice for people and it's the opposite. So, um, and, and it really examines, it gets you to examine your own personal prejudices. Hmm. Um, and I think that's really important. And this time we may say, you know, we may have our opinions one way or the other, but if anything, if anything, it gets us to examine our own hearts and to say, what are my prejudices? What little subtle ways does the evil one get into me to say that I, that I am better than anyone else or that, that whatever, you know, to have any kind of reaction that is not loving, accepting, and forgiving of everyone in the culture. No, man, every human being deserves that. It's the first principle of Catholic social teaching. And we can find that told in the stories of the culture. Those are perfect opportunities for, for teaching, for reflection, for examination. And one of the things we do, I'm sorry, Anne, I don't know if I'm going on to this. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. This is the <laughs> I talk about, about praying the media, because it's not only watching it and absorbing it, but it's dialoguing with it, examining it, and bringing it to prayer. So what one of the forms of praying the media that we do is called Cinema Divina. If you're hmm. familiar with Lexio Divina, right, praying the word, uh, you take the word of God and you pray with it and reflect on it uh, very quietly. You could do it uh, personally or as a group. We do Cinema Divina, and then usually it works better as a group. Uh, but you watch a film, but you, br you bring a scripture, you know, a passage, and you reflect, you pray that, you pray that scripture passage. And then you watch the film, and then you bring back that scripture passage, you read it again, and then you reflect on it together. But what of the film and of the scripture has touched us? Like, what does it say? What does it, it's about going down deep. That's what theological reflection is, and that's what Cinema Divina and Lexa Divina are really about. It's about going down deep. <laughs> and bringing the word of God to challenge us, not to make us happy and comfortable. It's going to challenge us. <laughs> and that's oh. what the art of film and television and pop music, it challenges us. And, and that's a beautiful way to really enter intimately into a culture's reflections. And, and to say, we have, we have something else to give to that aspect you know like i said about just mercy not only does it bring out the injustices but we're also bringing out that aspect that the dignity of every human being that's that's our very catholic perspective it's a very christian perspective um and so we help to we help to un the culture to understand this better and our uh, and people of faith to understand it better as well um jesus told be a better time yeah, couldn't be. I thank you. I, that that was just amazing to listen when you also say about the theological reflection, because we can do that when we watch movies, right? I mean, we can uh, think and reflect on God's word and what we're seeing, feeling, hearing, because God is speaking through in everything, 
Mm-hmm. And as you said, that dignity of human life, when we realize, you know, we have to look at ourselves when it comes to what is Catholic social teaching? You know, it comes to me and, and also my ideas and reflections on society and on every human being that I meet. So mm-hmm. I just, I thank you for bringing that to the forefront in this great work that you're doing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part and parcel of, of, of teaching uh, in, in, in sharing the gospel and being teachers of the culture, but also teachers of the faith. We must always bring in that aspect of how the faith is lived in the everyday. Mm. You know, we can know the faith. How does it make an impact on us here? <laughs> and that's in right. our everyday decisions, everything that we do. That's and right. That's I, what I eating agree. a mindfulness is about. It's really making it integral to our everyday life. I agree with you. And I think also, I say this often on my podcast with my co-host, Bill Snyder, that part of being, as they say, well catechized is what you just said. It's, it truly is being a, a better person. It, yeah. it isn't just a set of rules. It isn't just a checkbox to say, you know what? I went to mass on Sunday. I said my rosary every day. Uh, I did what I was supposed to do. You know, actually being able to look at another person and say, I can empathize with that person. Maybe they're not just like me. Maybe they don't look like me. Maybe they don't act like me, but they've had different experiences. Maybe they've never really understood or been introduced to faith or the Catholic faith. So I think it's a, it's a good way of thinking of it and, and of reflecting and going, as you said, going a little deeper, digging a little deeper and seeing what God has to say to us in that reflection that we do. So Good when work. you were speaking, I was just thinking of, you know, the great author Flannery O'Connor. Oh, Flannery O'Connor. Catholic author. She, she would take the gospel and she goes, she recognized the gospel is not like a big, fuzzy, warm blanket. Okay, it's <laughs> not. No. It's going to challenge us. It's going gonna, it's gonna to prick us in ways we don't want to be pricked. We don't want to be challenged. Um, and she says, but, you know, that that's. That's what makes the gospel real in our lives. That's the reality. Um, and her stories are bloody and gory and violent. And because this is the struggle of the human person, every human being, we're struggling with good and evil in us at every moment. And, and sin lives within us. And if we don't see that sometimes played out in the art of the culture, well, and we could say, well, I don't want to see sin on, on, on the TV. Well, it's true, but then it's not real. <laughs> it's not really human experience if you don't see yeah. the struggle. We don't see what's the, the heart of it. It doesn't mean I'm condoning it. I'm not saying, oh, that's a good thing. No, no, it's sin. Sin is sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it helps us to reflect on the gift of redemption. I mean, all of us have been redeemed because of Jesus. All of us. We haven't gotten to heaven yet, have we? No. I don't think there's a person alive, right? Exactly. (laughs) That that has uh, crossed that finish line quite yet. So so we all have to walk that daily journey. It's And it's not only daily, it's moment by moment. Because as you said, I think we're all faced with sin all the time. And, um, And pride is, you know, that one sin that we never really... I don't think completely overcome all of us. I mean, that's that one sin that 
we're all faced with our pride because we have that decision between being more humble and being boastful or getting first in line, as they say. Right. Saying, yeah, you know, I'm better than that other person. Uh, right. You know, what did Jesus say? You know, uh, it's the sinner, it's the publican and saying, yeah. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner <laughs> that gets justified as opposed to this, the uh, Pharisee is in the back saying, oh, I'm so good. I tithe, I do this, I do that. You know, I mean, really, you, you think about it. We read these stories all the time, but do they really Sink change in. us? Mm -hmm. Do they change us? And, and this is why I think storytelling is so helpful. Because it makes it a visual, it makes it real, it makes it current in our in our time, and, and uh, you know even sci-fi stories. I love sci-fi, and you know that a lot of people can talk about sci-fi. There's so many uh, sacramental elements in sci-fi, but I, I'm not going to go through that. You can read my book; I have a whole chapter just on sci-fi. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, and I invite our our, li our listeners here and our the people who are watching this on the Art Ministry Network to do that too. And our, you're on Amazon, so if they key in your name, you'll come right up. I think that's right. right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Everybody loves Amazon. So most people do. So yeah. it's very easy to, to buy a book or Kindle or uh, you know, listen to a book too. Right. So we're kind of heading a little toward the end of the show. And, you know, a lot of us are kind of in that middle phase. We're almost um, coming to a phase with the COVID-19 where we will be getting kind of back to normal. And I wondered if you had any kind of thoughts or words of advice for those people who have been uh, watching mass on TV, and maybe they haven't gotten back to mass quite yet, and just kind of getting back to where we were before. I didn't know if you had any thoughts there. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I've been reflecting on this a long time for the last four months, really. Um, mm -hmm. Really, how what a great gift technology is, the great gift the media is for us to be able, when this happened, that we could move so much online and participate live in any mass, almost 24 seven, you can find a mass online live. And, um, you know, even though we can, it's the next best thing, obviously the best thing is to be present in the church, to be able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist and worship together as a community of faith. But what a gift that was that we, we still had the presence of the Eucharist, even though it's virtually, but it was live. It was present. We were there. Um, and, and it was a gift, you know, at the same time. I, you know, you think about 10 years ago, I don't think we would have had the ability to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, God provides, right? But yes, and I think we're going to be going slowly back into some, you know, practices that we've had before and people will be coming back to churches. And I know in this area, a few churches started opening up and I went, you know, to, to with for Mass. And it's just, um, it's so beautiful to come back again. Uh, I think I just noticed a joy in everybody's face that came back. And of course, not everyone's coming back because some, you know, it's it's still a concern for many people, um, especially those who have maybe some underlying health issues, you know, that at least they're still able to stream the mass, the live stream. But those who come back are really filled with joy, I, like I've never seen before in churches and in parishes. And I think um, because we can, we, we, we've come to appreciate something we didn't have for a little while. And, and that's a good thing. Sometimes we could take things for granted. 
We could take faith for granted. We could take the Eucharist for granted. We can take the, the whole Catholic community for granted. But the great thing, I think at this point on, is that we're, going, we're both going to be live together in uh, various experiences. And as it opens up, it's going to be more and more, but also virtual at the same time. I don't think it's going to go away. It's going to be both and now, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I know you're right about that. And um, I'm the director for a foundation that's also associated with a religious order, the Mercedarians, and it's the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. Actually, it was the commercial that came on during the break. That was the foundation that I represent. And I know that a lot of our priests are going to be continuing to do those online masses. So it is a blessing, especially for those who are sick yes. and, and who won't be able to get to mass for whatever reason. It's nice to know now that they can watch it. Other than EWTN, I mean, it's wonderful that EWTN has the mass all the time, but now there's a lot of other churches that are streaming right. it on Facebook and YouTube as well. Exactly. So. It's great to actually, and even if you had to see it, the mass, at least it's somebody you know, like it's the, your parish priest. Oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's cool right. because that, it, it just makes it more like you're connecting with the community, the community that you know. Um, and that's what's so wonderful about this. So I think it, the church will continue. And it, it, you know, when you think about it, our Protestant brothers and sisters have kind of like jumped on this like aeons ago, and we're just kind of catching up <laughs> as a Catholic church. And, and yet this has forced us to start to, to go there. I mean, we've had much Catholic presence on the media in every aspect of media. But I think this kind of gave it a huge impetus, a huge push. And so where I think Facebook was even asking, and I got one of these, you know, these messages to say, oh, another way to do religious services in a better way, live streaming is this and this, and they're giving you tips. It's like, oh yeah, finally they recognize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because of all those streaming. Wow. Oh goodness. Hey, this has been an awesome show. I would definitely invite you to come back to mm -hmm. Journeys in Faith. And also I would invite your friends to please like Fiat Ministry Network. We have a wonderful producer. His name is Kent Kalhoski. And, you know, the tagline for Fiat Ministry Network is saying yes to Jesus Christ. Nothing better than that, really. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I will also talk about uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry and my friend Bill Snyder, who is the founder there. And he also does a podcast. He does two podcasts. One is the Sewing Hope podcast with myself. And then he does another one called Young Catholics Respond. So I just wanted to invite people to go to YouTube and look up Patchwork Heart Ministry and please subscribe because there's some awesome uh, Catholic content there that you definitely want to check out. And speaking of Catholic content, <laughs> I have to mention that uh, at another time after this show is over, you will be able to watch a video called Five Minutes of Faith and it will be with San Sister Nancy Usselman and myself where Sister will talk about three ways that you can uh, improve your prayer life. So be sure to go to www.patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. So you want to do that, you know, sometime after the show, that video will be available. So thank you again, sister, for being a part of this show. Thank Such you. A blessing. And I didn't know if you had any final words before we end. Um, well, I would just say, be a mystic of the culture today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week on Journeys in Faith, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. 
For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.